Madison easily turned into one of my favorite characters, <gasps> to be honest. Whoa, 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 whoa. Wow. Uh, no, Madison is one of my favorite characters. What? Well, wait, hold on, hold on. Let's not, let's not, let's not, let's not say anything wild. We'll just do that. We'll just do that. So <laughs> we I, said I five. Almost, yeah. <laughs> no, it's all right. It's not your fault. It's not your fault. Don't worry. All right. Cool. So we will start the podcast. We're going to bring up the energies a bit. <clears throat> all right. Welcome back, guys. This is a voice you probably haven't heard in a while, but this is This Is We podcast. And we are here today with our four hosts talking about all things This Is Us. As you know, we've missed last episode, but we've come back for episode 14 and 15. So you're in luck because this will be a double whammy episode. And you're with your host, E. I'll call myself Eden for now. Eden McKenzie is kind of on his way out. Um, and I am part of the podcast, Don't Alert the Stand. So you can find me on all streaming platforms there. Or, yeah, don't worry, don't worry about my social media. You won't find me there. Um, <laughs> we have with us today, who else is going to go next? Okay, I hey, will. Uh, okay, go, ooh, go ahead, you Toby. will. No, go ahead, Toby. Okay, I am Toby Rachel, the host of the Yellow Cop podcast. Done. I am Marquise <laughs> Davon of the Dear Reading and Rational Anger podcast. Boom, boom. And my name is Alexander. Oh. <laughs> I am the host of Time to Talk with Alex Holmes. So, Weekly, weekly installment for very dulcet tones on mental health and well-being. So, so we're Make bringing... Sure you tune in. Tune in. We're bringing smooth operators. Wednesday. And for, I will not be interrupted, Eden. Ooh, sorry, <laughs> sorry, Barry White. Tune in every Wednesday and Friday for dulcet tones and conversation around mental health and well-being. Thank you. Oh, my gosh. Thank you. <laughs> so, Alex is... Okay. <laughs> what is happening? Marquise, and, uh, Marquise I'm there. I'm, I, where you were, I'm there. You see this space up here? <laughs> I'm there. Yep, yep. I, I'm, I'm telling we're, you. We're there. We're there. We're there. Okay, cool. I don't ever want to bang with Alex right after a nap. I'm going to let you know that right now. <laughs> That's like me first thing in the morning. I'm going to keep it a beat. <laughs> I said, you know what? Alex wakes up, says, I'm going to choose violence for the first 10 minutes of me being awake. I don't understand why people are shocked when I choose violence. Have I ever shown you otherwise? Oh. Have I ever shown you otherwise? I don't understand. What is I, going I don't on? This, I don't you know, know. this is sort of Gemini. It's it's the Gemini season. Okay, it's a Gemini moon. It's Doctor Jekyll and Mister Hyde. Mm. Do, right there. Do you know if if Randall taking off his glasses was a constant mood? That is where Alex is right now. Just That's permanently at this point. At. Just yeah. You know, just <laughs> that is where he's at. <laughs> oh, but how's everybody? They're really good. Yeah, I mean, we're well. I'm good. Um, I'm back mm-hmm. on this podcast. We've missed you. I actually didn't, I don't know how long I was away for, but I'm happy to be back. Um, Happy to be talking about all things This Is Us. And Mm. I know there's been a long break. It's been a very long break between episodes. Mm. Um, And I'm surprised that I think the next one is the last one, right? Of the season. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So. I think the the consistency of this episode is moving with the consistency of um, This Is Us. 
and the pandemic, you know, because mm. you know how they're doing all these gaps and these random holidays and mm. shortening and changing when they're putting stuff out. And it's it's jarring me, man. Like, you know, because, you know, like, you just want to... Every time I watch This Is Us, I watched it last week, this week, and I was like, oh, my God. Like, there's one episode left. Mm. And we've been through this emotional roller coaster up and down with this thing now. Yeah. Trying to figure out, trying to figure out, like, what is going on, who's going to make it to the end. But it's been so janky, you know? Mm. Every time there's something out, it's like, oh, a two-week break, and we're like, what is going on? Yeah. So, yeah, um... It's been an emotional roller coaster with 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 with, with this damn show, man. But yeah. I'm so happy to be here chatting to, chatting about it with you guys, man. Yeah, yeah. I mean, how's everyone else doing? How's Marquise and how's Toby? Marquise loves to like wait for me to go first. I, I know. I was like, <laughs> he always does. It. He would look and be like, ladies first. I don't mind. Mm. I don't mind. Um, no, I'm actually really good. Um, very good. I'm really busy. Um, just making some changes in my life that yeah i'm really excited about so yeah um, i think yeah in the last year this is like the best place i've ever been in so yeah that's good oh i love to hear that um last week was a little rough um yeah my mom was in the hospital for a bit they found out what it was though so we out here we lit she's good okay um that's good yeah, and in the same time found that out, I also got a promotion at my job. So I was like, oh, we're lit. Mom, you good. We out here. Um, so yeah, definitely was processing that a little bit. However, last week's episode is the one that spoke to me on so many levels, because that's definitely where I've been at in terms of like career stuff. But I'm, I'm vibing today. I, it's been a good week. I'm, things are looking up. The sun has been out. Philly has been shining. Um, and it's really been having a good thing for me. So... Yeah, it's been good. And I've been eating cleaner this week. I've started my HelloFresh journey here oh, in the States. Okay. So I've been eating like pescatarian and like, you know, vegetarian-ish mm, meals. Yay, vegetarian. Which has been cool. I'm not, yeah, I'm not doing that vegetarian stuff. Like, I'm definitely going to order some chicken for next week. But <laughs> I'm going to let y'all know. My shrimp tacos were fire. Okay. Mm. <laughs> you know what? This is not sponsored by HelloFresh. But it's I, not. I, it's I, not. I, 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 rate, I rate it. Let's manifest it. it. It will be. It will be. Yeah, exactly. It will be because they definitely responded to my tweet. Okay, <laughs> okay. yes. Yeah, so they yeah, said if so you would love be. to be part of this, you can email us here. And I said, you know what, I'm gonna shoot my shot. Yeah, and you said if you would love to be part of this, you can email us here. That's what you. That's what you should have said in reply. But anyway, Toby, how are you doing? And I oh, wait, did you already say? It? It's, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's your turn. Oh, my bad. My bad. Yeah. I just really <laughs> care. Sorry. Um, <laughs> Thank you. I think I already said. I think I said yeah. how I was. Um, it off. Oh yeah, it true. Off. So we're all good. Yeah. Yeah. Good. All right, we're going to keep that in. We're going to keep that in. All right, so we had to, just for the listeners, just to understand why there was a cut there, my microphone died. But what we were talking about is This Is Us, and um, essentially we were talking about episode 14 and the synopsis behind that. So what we saw was our group fave, Beth, and her journey um, in the creative arts. So as you know, as you've watched, um, Beth was a ballet dancer, and um, she opened a ballet school. She had kind of a hiccup that happened during her um, adolescence to do with ballet 
and um, unfortunately the ballet school had to close as a result of COVID. So the question I asked the guys is, as all four of us are creatives in our own different ways, what did that bring up for you? What does the journey of the creative and um, profession bring up for you? Yeah, you know, the silence recognizes the keys needs to speak. We out here. <laughs> um, yeah, no, because uh, for me right now, I said professionally, like I'm working in my purpose and something that I'm passionate about, like the lines, like I get to work in education. I get to work with young people, inspire curious minds. Um, and so there's been parts of me where I'm just like, ooh, am I ever going to lose like this particular passion for this? Um, am I truly in the right space of education? Am I really in the space where I'm just like, ooh, this is going to be the thing that gets me up every morning? So I always think about like, is this thing not going to wake me up in the day? Um, but when you specifically talk about just the creative journey and stuff like that, I just came out of a creative rut. Like I just got out of one. And it's just like, mm, all right, rinse, wash, repeat when it comes to this podcasting thing. But am I still having the same pa passion for what I'm doing currently when it does come into the business aspect of things? And so those are kind of spaces that I've just been thinking about as like podcasting has the potential to become a little bit more full time um, in my space. But then also like what does that start to look like in terms of managing a team and finding these creative jobs because these things are much more prevalent now like you can be a full-time podcaster if you you know get up to those kind of spaces or whatever um so i do wonder like what does that look like when your passion becomes a means of your profit and has to um fully invest in that but i do remember like that feeling that Beth was feeling just feeling dejected after like a theater performance or if like it wasn't a so good rehearsal or if the dance routine wasn't executed to like the perfect kind of thing. There's people who will genuinely like suck your soul <laughs> in terms of like what you love to do. So I've been just kind of tuggling and juggling is what I meant to say. Um, what does maintaining my passion look like? And can passion really exist in the workplace when there's still something that needs to get done at the end of the day? And I don't know if that's always true, depending on like the space you're in. Sorry, Marquise, your connection was bad for me towards so. the end. I heard the majority of what you said. Um, I don't know if it was the same for everyone else, yeah. but um, as long as you record it on your side. It was, but thank God for local, <laughs> thank exactly. God for local recording, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but I think I got the so everybody else you're, saying, about least, you're currently yeah. in the career that um, yeah. is your calling. And um, there are a few challenges about um, how there are people that will come in there and make it slightly more complicated um, as you are on that journey. Because it... <laughs> working with adults are ghetto. You know it's never the students, it's the adults. <laughs> I've got my own anecdote, but I'll go last. So, Toby or Alex, like, what did Beth's journey bring up for you as creatives? And what, if you have anything to say on Beth's journey, feel free to bring it up. Um, oh, I'm actually super interested in y'all's jobs, to be honest, because you both worked in media and entertainment. Keeps cutting out. Well, work me. in, right? <laughs> yeah, say that <laughs> again. I just heard entertainment. Say that again. It's that Philly. <laughs> it's the, it's the, this Philly. This is what I get for talking oh, wait, shit. You sound much um, better now. Yeah. Does? <laughs> oh, I'm screaming. Um. I'm actually in, uh, interested in what y'all have to say because you worked in media and entertainment, mm -hmm. well, journalism, and like 
<laughs> was there ever because if the, i assume like that's a job you go in and you're just passionate about this kind of thing <laughs> okay i just explained that last you know what i was hoping to go last and i was hoping to go after Should I go alex next because i feel like me and alex might have similar thoughts especially because alex um alex and i um we we we've worked in the same building and at one point we worked in the same place um <laughs> I'm just so triggered. I'm triggered. I'm triggered. I can't. I can't even express how triggered I am right now, because what Beth went through, I would just say like it was just. I just. It, I went through it. It was mirrored for me in so many different ways. There was a time in my life when I had like my own company, my own publication, and there wasn't a yeah, that's pandemic. How we met, isn't it? That's, that's how we how, met. Yeah, that's too. how I first met Alex. Yeah. Um and. And it was just my dream. It was just a goal of mine, but money-wise, it just kind of crashed financially. So I had to let it go. So I went into quote-unquote corporate, but by quote-unquote corporate, I mean I got a quote-unquote nine-to-five, which is being an entertainment reporter in for a national newspaper. Um, and I also felt like I had that Beth moment where... It was just like they were kind of like telling you they were kind of like dismissing you so when that lady was like double booked i thought that was so rude i just thought it was rude because it's like you called you were on the call to beth so it was just disrespectful but just that disrespect and then realizing that i don't even want this that much like i i've been through that and feeling very very dismissed and feeling dejected and just being like i I don't know if i should just go for my dream or just stick to this because that's where the money resides um and i think that's the most i can say i feel like there's so much more i can say on this topic but there is um lawsuits (laughs) that could be pending if i just talk the talk so i'll see if alex can articulate better than me because alex and i had we me and alex we went through some of the same things at the same time in the same place Alex mm-hmm. was my rock. I can't lie. Yeah, to be fair, like them, yeah. Um, got you, Toby. Got you. <laughs> got you. <laughs> um, I wrote a piece about this, like in two thousand and when, way back when, <laughs> and um, Marquise might recognize this. What happens to a dream deferred? Hmm. <laughs> Does it dry up like a raisin in the sun? Ooh. Child. or fester like a saw and then run does it stink like rotten meat or crust over oh god crust and sugar over like a syrupy sweet or maybe it just sags like a heavy load or does it explode and that's langston hughes yeah hmm. harlem right and when i remember reading that poem because i've got a collection of his poems and i was just like wow and a lot of you know this anyway, because uh, like various conversations with all of you about kind of where I'm at with a lot of different stuff. And um, I went through the performing arts and drama and acting and then, you know, writing and then podcast and then doing all that stuff and trying to kind of live through the ideals of another or putting yourself in a position in a place where you feel like, you're kind of you feel like you should be but sometimes you're not always well suited for in a sense I wanted to write so I chose journalism instead of say doing a master's in creative writing for example or or going to publishing or doing other things mm. in that nature um 
but ultimately I've always said that and I'm kind of learning that each thing is a lesson to figure out exactly what the specific thing is supposed to be doing mm. is and when we look at all of this stuff when I look at people like say Toni Morrison for example and the pub and she you know she was an editor for so long before she wrote like full-time herself same with Maya Angelou and all the stuff that they did and you know everybody has kind of their origin story and their kind of route that they took and their things that they took and you know unfortunately you know for Toby and I we went through a lot with regards to journalism and trying to figure out where we kind of sat and you know and I'm kind of proud of all of us um just kind of just the just where we're at kind of in our individual spaces and the kind of paths we've taken to get there to feel as if this is what we should be doing and kind of like navigating in those places even if it's not 100% clear I think I would like to think that it's clearer so there's a little bit of a there are certain kind of avenues that we can move down mm-hmm. whether it be um, you know courses we've taken or things that we've done um, and when I look at Beth I think to myself maybe her destiny was never to be a dancer but it was probably to be a teacher of dance to inspire people to kind of create those have the have those memories that she never had you know to kind of give them their understanding and the and the ground and foundation to be the best possible people that they can be mm. that incorporates her life as um as beth pearson as as beth like you know um and kind of taps into all of those different things so i i get that it's so painful at the beginning when you're younger because you feel like it's your whole identity, your whole thing is kind of being shattered because you never reached that. You never had that 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 one set goal. But I guess the journey of life is to kind of see and kind of see like the and the wisdom in it, or is to kind of see all the opportunities you've had and figure out where you're at in the end mm-hmm. of it. So when I, I looked at Beth and I was I was so empathetic because obviously been there, youth theatre could have done, like performing arts could have done, drama school could have done, all of this stuff could have done, written all of those things. Um, and um, it was it was really it I found I felt like it was good to see, and what I found with her story as well is that I like that she dared to try and she had people behind her that would kind of support that, you know, even through COVID and through all of those um, the restrictions. But it was heartbreaking to see that you know when we watched the episode and the the, the classes dwindled down, mm. and um, you know and we all kind of felt that over. Over, over over lockdown you know you, you were so high energy at the beginning trying to like still trying to hold on to those connections do something different and then you know they that's um they call it languishing after it's like people started to just kind of really dissipate off and wake up each day and just kind of um kind of be on the run of the mill of stuff and kind of the mundanity of it all kind of um got to people so i don't know i would i would like to think you know that we're all kind of consistently ever on this place i don't think we ever fully find the one thing because i think that once we do find the one thing what's the point of the rest you know like we have oh, to wow. we have to continue going and we continue growing but like what we want to achieve in 10 years might change um and it might change in 20 mm-hmm. you know what i mean and we look back on everything and just be like, oh wow actually i really tried to do that when i was 20 27 and rah okay look at me I'm 65 <laughs> and I've tried to do all the things I wanted to or not so um, yeah I think I'll have a bit more of a holistic view of it of it all mm. but it did cut deep watching her have to kind of hang up her ballet shoes mm. and mm. put them in the bin and and that because it's so hurtful mm. and you always have that critical voice which is usually like a parent or a 
authority figure, like a teacher or something that's kind of putting you down and you, and you carry that, you carry that. But again, the wisdom is really trying to figure out how to really trans, as, as Eden likes as well, transmute that into other things. Mm. But yeah, all been there. Yeah. Seen it. Been, been at the bottom of a whiskey bottle. Yeah. <laughs> Many a whiskey barrel. Barrel? <laughs> Many yeah. barrel, Toby. Yes. <laughs> yeah. No, I, th- I think everything you said is true, Alex. And um, thinking about my own journey, it's been very similar. Um, I think for me, I always kind of did what I was good at. Um, when I was younger, my aspirations was pretty much to become a football player or a soccer, really? a soccer player for reference for Marquis. Yeah, I I was playing for... I knew what y'all meant. <laughs> okay. Y'all say American football, okay, versus... <laughs> no, I was playing for a team and um, my dad had a lot of aspirations for me to go into sport because my dad was going to be a professional cricket player when he mm. was younger. And growing up, I had a natural knack for sport and um for me it was a bit weird because i actually didn't want to go into sport but it seems to be the only thing that people would seem to accept me in Hmm. like i was really nerdy in secondary school but when it came to football people knew to choose me and um as a result there was this kind of positive reinforcement when it came to sport Hmm. um and i kind of thought okay so maybe i'll go in the direction of sport but there was this one teacher that I had called Mr. Shaw. And I'll always big him up, always shout him out. Because that man, white man from Yorkshire, he had my back throughout the entire years of secondary school. And um, he was my English teacher. And English was my subject. Like, English was my subject. Top set. Me. Um, all of these different types of things. And um, he always used to, like, back me. There was one point where... Um, one t- I got one bad grade and um, a teacher decided to move me from set one to set six. Huh? Six? Yeah. The what? And In, in which subject? And huh? Yeah. What? No, this, this system is no. racist. Anyway, so, sorry. Um, sorry. Obviously, yeah. that was an issue, but Mr. Shaw came to me and was like, we both know you're not supposed to be in set six. So we're going to do everything we can to get you up. I didn't go back to set one. I went to set three in the end. Um, But that positive reinforcement of having that teacher um, is very important. Having that person who believes in your dreams is very, very important. Um, And I'll always, no matter what I do in life, always pick up Mr. Shaw for the kind of guidance he gave me. I think that's very important that we Mm. have that person who has your back. And moving on from that... um, Mm. That's why I originally went into publishing. Um, something I'm happy to share is my uncle is actually a writer, a well-known writer in Canada. And um, part of my thing with writing is I've always wanted to write. I've always wanted to write. It's something that's always been um, part of my character and kind of my belief system. Like I believe I have a message I would love to share with the world. And um, there is always this kind of anxiety around writing for me. Um, just because I've had that borderline traumatic experience of being in set one and then next day, oh, can Eden go to set six, please? And then I've got my uncle, who's this writer who's doing things and me trying to match up to that in terms of comparison. So um, I understand 
Beth's journey. I, I do. Um, in terms of trying to figure out exactly mm. where you fit in the path. Right now, I work in publishing. I sell books. I don't write them. And that for itself is a very interesting experience. Um, so I think the journey of the creative is very, very interesting because you go through so many different, so many opportunities to actually um, engage that dream. And there's always that kind of risk factor to it where you have to figure out, oh, okay, so am I doing this now? Am I a writer if I haven't published anything? Um, am I a musician if I make music yes. and I'm not signed? Those are the kind of questions you ask yourself. And um, Sorry, yes. Alex, go on. Oh, um, so so watching Beth and her no, journey I'm saying, I'm just waiting to losing her dream, but re, 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 revisioning it in a way that she kind of inspires the next generation. And she tries to keep the dream alive through... Um, all of the COVID stuff that's going on was really something. Um, and I think that's, that will speak to a lot of creatives because some of us have purposes on this earth that we don't really understand. And um, when we're knocked for six and we think the thing we were supposed to do doesn't work out for us, we think, well, I have no purpose. And um, mm. Mm. I think um, for Come me, on. I'm at the stage now where I have a lot more faith in the process I understand what's meant for me is meant for me and whether that's writing or whether that is um, something sports related it's completely up to the universe to decide and I think someone we have to look to which you all will react to is Kevin so no 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 <laughs> No, 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 no. Anyway, because Kevin. No, 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 no. Part of the reason. Now it's time to interrupt. It's time to interrupt. It's time to put a dent in that. Go on. He was the guy who got it easy, who became the actor, who was. Why is Marquis? Why is everyone hiding? Because you know it's true. Go on then. Go on. Go on. Go on, Alex. Because you know there's con. You know there's context. You know there's context to that. You know that. Okay. You just know that he's what, a good-looking white man. And what so for him to actually feel? navigate in all what the industries that we've worked in, like he would, he would have been successful in any one of them, regardless of his talent. <laughs> um, it doesn't make me feel anything other than that's the anger so that the, the anger the anger that has the anger that has passed the the rage, the resentment. Do you know what I mean? The anger, you know what I mean? Like the rage itself, resentment. because it's just some, it, there is not even resentment, not even resentment, because I'm not even holding on to it. It's just one of them things where you see it, you know why, you continue. You know what I'm saying? Like, I couldn't, it, it would be remiss of me to, to, it would be remiss of me to mention him, hmm. not him particularly, but the, what he represents and put success alongside it without without having a full understanding of the context of what he represents. So I couldn't say, oh yeah, you know, because he made it in the arts. Mm. I'd be like, okay, yeah, so he did make it in acting, but also he would have made it 
in anything. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, in literally anything. Architect, publisher, writer. <laughs> Rather the little um, painting. <laughs> dancer, if you wanted to. Like, you would have, like, you know what I mean? Even the little painting that he did, he was getting so many props for the little painting that he did. And, little and it, painting. It was, liter- it, was liter- it was literally small. Like, <laughs> like, so, you know what I mean? But if he had continued that and he would have been, he would have become this painter, he would have been a successful painter, which is very hard. Like, that's a very hard industry to break into mm. and i just feel like it's just understanding that that's why i was that's why i'd say we have to understand the context of that i don't begrudge him for that but we just have to understand the the context of that that's all but and i actually didn't think you were gonna um, go in that direction um, i wasn't when you were talking i wasn't really because I just to, sorry i'm also Who thinking, you referring to alex I'm sorry? or eden eden okay oh eden i actually didn't think you were gonna go in that direction mm. i thought you were actually oh <laughs> okay <laughs> Yeah, because honestly, as you're talking through it and as I'm listening, Kevin's somebody who actually doesn't know his purpose to keep it a bean. And like being in the creative field, I was like, oh, we're actually watching Kevin realize like, oh, I'm good at this thing. And it kind of reminded me of you where you said, I I can do this thing. It's not like I want to always do it. But like acting was like, you know, the theme of this season (laughs) is crutch. (laughs) Um because he got to yeah. go through that a lot more. And so I thought it was interesting actually seeing mm-hmm. Kevin and Beth's story yeah. throughout this. But also, um, what's her name? Rebecca and Kate. Because mm-hmm. they all have very similar artistic things throughout this. And I thought that was yeah. like super interesting to see. Because I think as Kevin's realizing yeah. I've been doing this thing for my whole life, I don't know anything else. Beth actually suppressed her dream. And we're just like, oh, I have to move cautiously. So it's interesting hearing mm-hmm. your point and then Alex's counterpoint um, because we're actually speaking to both of their things kind of in a sense. Because now I'm just like, Beth did what black people do and was just like, all right, we got to pick a reasonable job <laughs> to go into. Because we see that later on in the following episode where she's just like, here's this urban planning firm. And now we're starting to see that after his conversation with Zoe, there's a lot where Kev- Kevin's like, oh, wait. Do I actually like this acting thing? Is this thing actually... Am I just putting on a show and not actually investing in that? So again, I think it just reaffirms this idea of Kevin kind of finding himself. But even taking that, just if we want to add the layer of race and even gender into it, I think they are like perfect foils in this moment for this episode. Yeah. Yeah, I think it brings up an important conversation because there's realization and then there is kind of substitution when it comes to dreams. And um, I feel like there was this quote that I I saw recently, which loads of people were getting upset with um, because Jim Carrey, the actor, went through some kind of spiritual awakening recently. um, And he's been talking out against the idea of celebrityism or celebrityhood. And um, there was a quote he said that he wishes that everyone had the opportunity to get riches and become a celebrity to realize it's not everything it's not what happiness is and obviously people are like well i've got to pay bills i'm like i've got people who are starting at home all of these different types of things which i feel like is is missing the point if i'm being completely honest um and the reason i bring it up is because any of us could have achieved that dream that we had that we could have been the kevin and we could have had that successful career but when we had it it, we might still think to ourselves, actually, this might not be what I want. It might not be where I actually see my life going. And I think that's why I think 
Kevin came to mind for me um, because we actually have someone who's realized the dream, but every other aspect of his life is. But this is what I mean. This is this is what I was traumatic. this is what I was going to say earlier before I gave the counterpoint. The initial thing I was going to say was that understanding what is enough, what is enough for you, you know, like yeah, he hasn't realized his dream. He hasn't. Mm. He is doing his job <laughs> the same way mm. Beth is doing her job. Like, mm. he's, not, he's not realized his dream. And that's okay. Because ultimately, you know, God willing, you have a, a life. And you, and, you, and you fulfill those, you fulfill what you need to fulfill as you go through it. And it just so happens that he has to go and experience the things that he has to experience it. The people are saying things to, like we'll see throughout these episodes, it's like the people are saying things to him and he's like, why are you saying all these things? But they're saying things to him and, he's, and he has to sit down and start thinking about the truth mm. and start thinking honestly about what he's doing, where he's at and what he's doing. And if that's not, that if that is not like the bare bones of kind of humanity and kind of like, and, and, and the lifespan essentially, is having you know being able to find the silence in order to kind of sit down and be like okay what is it that i'm doing that actually kind of makes me feel like i'm doing enough makes me feel like i'm enough makes me feel like doing stuff because the consistent search and finding and pursuing and all of that stuff you're not like there's something that you're trying to unlock or find and 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 i guess that is i think is the purpose of life (laughs) <laughs> to continue to search for stuff mm. and then actually come to the understanding of what is enough for you mm-hmm. but you have to find that in your own time and space you know and I think that like with yeah. Kevin like he's just he's getting to a point where he's really just kind of awake waking up it could be trauma it could be the delayed could be the delayed the onset delayed healing yeah. yeah Toby yeah um, I thought uh, Marquis made a point. In fact, everyone's made a point that has made me just realize stuff. Um, it was really refreshing because I was thinking, oh, this is a Beth episode. But actually, at the same time, of course, Kate had. We watched Kate realize that she's found something that makes her happy and that she should have been doing all this time. But she froze um, when she was 18, you know, out of fear. And she she says she worked in a diner for nine years. And then afterwards, I think she became Kevin's PA. And then that's where we meet her in the series where I guess I'm not really sure what she was doing while we were meeting her in the series. But now she's stumbled across something that is just she's so content and she's come alive. And even her mum is like, I'm so happy I've been able to see you just come alive Mm. doing something. And then we watch Beth, you know, something that she wanted to do she couldn't move forward with it and then she went picked the safe job and then she tried again and all of them are presumably presumably in their 40s i think beth would be in her 40s just because she was in the same class as randall right and i was at first i was like oh my god like they're all going through this at 40 and then i just thought actually it's really refreshing to see that you, I know it sounds maybe triggering or like scary, but it's really refreshing to see that you kind of go, it's okay to go through this at 40 and you will go through it at 50. And we have to let go of the idea or an idea that I had internalized anyway, I can't speak for everyone, that at 17, you need to pick what you're going to do for the rest of your life and then pick that 
degree or major or whatever and that's what you're going to do and that's absolutely ridiculous but I think for me anyway it's been internalized like well I picked journalism so that's what I'm going to do but I'm at a place where I'm like I know I'm not going to be a journalist for the rest of my life I pray to God that I'm not a journalist for the rest of my life I really hope my boss doesn't hear this episode <laughs> but yeah but it's just like I, I don't look like your dreams can change as you grow your dreams will change and the way that you do things you might not be interested in your initial dream and that's okay like you tried and it's okay to continue to try the dream that you had prior when I was in school I thought I was going to be a win an Oscar I thought I was going to be an actress and then I fell upon journalism and I've just never done acting or pursued acting ever since but I'm just like hmm you know maybe I could and then I want to write a book and at first I thought am I crazy for wanting all these different things to be an author to be a journalist to be a presenter to be a podcaster um to be an actress and to be a tv writer because I'd love to write for this is us is it crazy for me to want to do all of these things and no it's not because I'm human and actually my like Alex had pointed out sometimes your purpose isn't that thing and I don't know if you've ever watched everyone's watched Soul but like at the end of Soul Mm. the movie it was like that buzz or your spark it's not I'm gonna be a musician or I love this I love that it's about appreciating life in itself appreciating the little things so as Mm. you're chasing these different dreams trying to aspire for the different goals the point Mm. is to ultimately enjoy it to actually enjoy it no matter what it is so if tomorrow I want to pursue acting the point is that I should enjoy it and that's the spark not acting on its own not being a journalist on its own and from watching that episode and then listening to the three of you talk because I was just quiet I was like (gasps) I clocked it that's why I was triggered and the end that's that's it which is I was just having this conversation with Shafe actually because I've been like stressed about taking this new position because I do not want to work with fifth grade at all. I made it very clear to my bosses and stuff. And I was like, this is not, I'm going to be intellectually bored, but they're also just like, Marquise, we'll need you in this position because you know how to build a particular culture and they're just coming into the school. So we need you there. And I'm just like, that's cool. But again, I do not care for to teach nine, nine and 10 year olds. I said developmentally, they're in completely different spaces. And Shape had asked, is there an anxiety that you have around it? Or why don't you feel like this is still in your purpose? And I, I had to sit there and like check myself. And I was like, no, I know what I need. I'm very self-aware just in terms of like those things. Um, but I, I kept questioning. I was like, well, is education really where that is? Because education is really important to me. It's part of this my brand of Marquise Davon and me and all of this stuff um but there are moments where I'm just like I I I had to be honest with myself was like I would leave education is always going to be there I know I'm going to be a damn good teacher no matter what but I wanted I was like what happened to my dream it happened when I was in New York two weeks ago I was just like I this was my dream city to go to like it still was I was scared to apply to NYU's Tisha the Arts program for dance (laughs) And so there are moments where I was sitting there. Every time I go to New York, I'm just like, this is a space where I I aspired to live here. I love the speed of the city. I love the opportunities of the city. Even when I lived there, I was just like, I'm still enamored by this space. And I want to be a media and TV personality. I, I want that kind of stuff. Like, I, I enjoyed that. That's why I went to school for theater. I went to school for this broadcasting. Is, thing, I said, yeah. what am I doing? Yeah. And so there's parts of me where I'm just like, 
am I potentially, and as you was talking through it, I said, am I ab abandoning my purpose or is this just another thing where I can still, I can educate to the masses on TV. I would just love to figure out like, what will that ultimately start mm -hmm. to look like? And I have like this fear of just like, oh, I'm going to take a chance on this and potentially hate it. But then also be like, this is why I'm in podcasting because I still get to broadcast in a certain sense and I get to still educate in a certain sense and do social justice oriented things. But I really, I, I've just been deeply thinking about that, like specifically like mm -hmm. journaling and whatnot. It's just like, why am I scared to leave this industry, which a lot of people know that I, I do enjoy and I'm good at. And I think I'm like putting that, <laughs> I don't know if I'm like thinking like there's more expectation for me to live in this mm -hmm. space all the time. And I'm just placing that on myself. And so I've just been having like that conversation more and more is like, where will I truly, yeah. truly be happy? I'm happy in education, but will I be happier with the TV stuff and media stuff? Because I, I love that stuff I think so it's much. About the what does the what does it add to the next thing? You know, like um, mm -hmm. with the acting stuff, because it's really what like Toby's in and what you've just said, the dancing and things like that. We all get up and publicly speak about things, you know, and like, you know, like if we, you know, when everything opens up again, you know, a lot of the stuff we'll be doing, we, like we've done talks, mm -hmm. we've done like, you know, we've done shit, we've done those things. Um, and like I do speaking and things like that. And I kind of came to terms with the fact that what if the acting side of what I was doing was because I needed to be able to convey a story mm. via podcasting mm -hmm. and via public speaking and being able to be confident enough to stage, not necessarily to be in movies or on plays or mm. whatnot, but you know, what does that look like, you know? So I always say to, I always say like, I'm saying to myself a lot of the time, but whenever people do kind of ask me that, like, Oh, what, what can I do? And I'm just like, well, what have you, what is, what is adding to the next thing that you're doing? Cause I don't think it's ever a question of leaving one thing and moving to another. I guess it's taking what you've learned and kind of adapting it to the, to the next thing and bringing that with you. So the journalism, the writing, the acting, the speaking, the, you know what I mean? And kind of just like putting those pieces together. Um, that's just the way I look at it, and because it all has, to, it all makes sense. It all makes sense, and there's some, and there's some things that you know we just we just convey and pull things further um, in more ways than other sometimes, mm. and um, yeah, so all of that can happen. It's just, it's just how we kind of like refining. We're in the process of refining, like literally. Right, just... <laughs> Just let me be a damn professor so I only have to work three days a week and I can do my night job after. Yeah, That's all the fuck that. I need to do. You know, like, you got that, you know? I know. <laughs> yeah, I hear you all. And I think we've all made um, really great points. I think what we'll, we should do, though, is we should come back to This Is Us and talk about um, Beth's journey. So um, in terms of what we saw on screen, how did you guys feel about um, Beth? trying to hold on to that dream she once had the letting go process like how did you feel about that even when it came to um randall taking her to the ballet and her being like i can't be here right now and then um her deciding she's gonna close shop on the dance studio that whole idea of letting go what did it make you feel what did it remind I, you of I, I don't think she i don't think she let go 
It's okay. bad if she has let go. We've seen thirty. We've seen in twenty. We've seen this is a twenty thirty. Twenty thirty. Like she's definitely in a school. But she. Like, but, oh, yeah. yeah. You know what right, I mean? Like, right. I don't think she has let go. Mm. I just think that it's just a rough patch. Yeah. And figuring out what she wants to do with that, you know, because once she once once she kind of takes herself out of it, <laughs> like because she's really in it. Like when she mm. takes herself out of it, and she kind of has the school and she um, and and you know we're not going to be here here forever um mm. you know so I, I, I don't think i don't think she has let go and i don't think you know that is i don't think she's kind of she's really attached to it but she's about i think she's growing in that mm. Mm. i i i think she let go so i know we see her in 2030 or whatever year it is with, in a dance school that she owns because the woman calls her boss I hear that but I think I believe we watch her let go of that dance studio and sometimes with your dreams your dreams are broad okay, specifically yeah like yeah. so it depends really on what Eden's question was but I do think she let go of that part of her dream and then we we we're probably going to get to watch her readjust or reevaluate or get back up mm. again but as for now I would say she did let go because she had no choice which is what maybe a lot of people have gone through in life or in the pandemic but in this case it was a pandemic that pushed her out it wasn't Randall it wasn't the children it was economically it was just hard for her to keep the the studio going so she let go um and her applying to go back to a corporate job was another attempt to let go a little bit but she she's readjusting. We we know from the next episode mm. that she will readjust. So and I think that happens when you you know you're in your pursuit of your dreams or just life because I hate to say it's like just pursuing your dreams because mm. in life there's so much more that has to happen that you need to attend to like paying bills and whatever. Um, you sometimes have to let go of a tiny section to be able to give yourself space to readjust and come back. So I think that's what happened to Beth. Mm. Yeah, because that felt like a very familiar story. I'm going to keep it a bean. Like, I, you, life will hit you. And I even think about, like, Beth's upbringing. Her mom didn't always support her as a dancer. And she's like, oh, you're doing this thing. Like, no, you got to have a job that does that. And so I think about, like, this is a lot of stuff that kind of defined Beth's personality in terms of, like, having to be sure of herself because the rest of the world doubted her. And she internalized a lot of that doubt. Um but I think she just went back into for a little bit and obviously she gets back into dancing and whatnot um, is like, how do I readjust these expectations of like how I operate in the dance world, which we see ultimately in episode 15 when she has that conversation with Rebecca and she's just like, well, if this is your particular trigger and as to why you don't want to go back into this world, here's what you could do. And I think in that moment, Beth was just like, Beth to me is like, I'm doing this thing this way and that's the only way it can get done. And I think that conversation with Rebecca allowed her yeah, to yeah. say like, oh, I can still do this that's thing, but I can find a different means that's to it. Yeah. So that's I how I am thinking she never actually <laughs> I'm lost let Eden it. speak, but yeah. just, for, just quickly before you go, Eden, uh, you, have nothing, you have nothing to say. Okay. Um, I always find it interesting that... And Eden's seen this with me, <laughs> like, mm. and possibly Toby. But you know when you've kind of you're, you're so focused on one direction, one thing, 
that you forget to see yeah. the wider picture. <laughs> <laughs> and you're like, you're, you're there running at this wall. Yeah. And you're like, let me fast! Yeah. Like it's Diagon Alley. Yeah. And you can't get through. I mean, but then you look to the side and it's like, well, there's a whole field here. Like, <laughs> go around. Like, what are you doing? So I think it's, sometimes it's super interesting. And I think that's kind of where Beth is at. It's like, oh, okay. Like, the woman, she's in corporate. The woman's mm-hmm. cancelling. The woman's double booking. It's hard. She's fine and fine. And I'm just like, I've always said, like, it's not about things being easy, but there should be an mm-hmm. ease to the way that we kind of, like, find stuff and I think we make it difficult <laughs> like a lot of the time mm. like where mm. we really put ourselves in places that make it so hard for us and when because you know you know what it's like when you find that ease you're like oh wow this is just so simple yeah. and so seamless mm. wow okay <laughs> but like you know and then um, so I think that's where she's at and I, that's why that's why I think I don't think she's fully let go I just think that she's kind of just in a place where she's kind of finding the, opp- yeah. the opportunities are yeah. becoming more aware yeah. to her and I love the fact that she's eating lucky charms. Like, <laughs> like, um, anyways, you know, so, you know, you know, you know, you know, everyone has their coping mechanisms. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I know yours, you know. Alex. Okay. <laughs> yes. No, that's not what. That's not a coping mechanism because that's no. I don't, thought it don't was. Do I was going to say what it is. Can I say it? Well, I think yeah, you go and say what it is. Can I say it? Yes. Um, carrot cake. <laughs> yes, yeah, carrot yeah. cake. When I was when I was in. When I was stressed on on lunch and if I was going or somewhere I was going to get carrot cake, Toby knew. Yeah, when I saw the Toby carrot knew, cake, I said, "Oh no!" Toby knew I was. Toby knew I was in a place. See, so you know, that's what I was thinking. But like, even to this day, I can't even get carrot cake because I'm just like, you know what? I'm not even. I'm yeah. not even there. I'm not there. Praise God. It. I'm not there for him. Wow, that's me with honey buns wow. and brisk iced tea, like. <laughs> I, if I had to pick a like, that's my stress food. Yeah, like, uh, it's funny. <laughs> when something has clearly shown it is not for you in this moment, and you continue to go, no, I'm steadfast on this. I 100% want this. It can sometimes make the situation so much worse. I can remember, just to share my own anecdote, um, I ran an app company. Like, I founded an app in 2015 or 2017 or something like that and Mm. um it was one of the most stressful periods of my life um because i was so on this idea of being this entrepreneur (laughs) being this guy who kind of created solutions for people in terms of technology and all these different types of things that i burnt myself out trying to keep this illusion alive Um, and I see that a lot. I think, ultimately, I think we all learn the same lessons throughout life. I actually think there's probably, in the spiritual, whatever you believe in, spiritual, whatever, there's a list of things that humans are just supposed to go through to understand where they need to go in life, and I feel like we've all been in in that place where we've had a dream, we've either lost the dream, and we've had to refigure out where we're going, or we've we've gone to the dream and realized it's not for us at all. Um, or where we feel like we're close to getting the dream, but we're pushing ourselves to exhaustion and it's just too much. Um, so I think those are the kind of key areas when it comes to chasing dreams and something that all creatives kind of, I want to say suffer mm. with. Um, yeah, suffer is the right word. Um, but what we'll do is we'll move on quickly because I know we've got um, another episode to talk about, but we've got two more topics in the agenda for episode 14. So let's recap on K 
Kevin, Randall, and Rebecca. So we've done Beth. Trying to remember what happened with um, Kevin, Randall, and Rebecca. Do you know, Marquis? Oh, yeah, I got you. Um, so actually, your comment in the beginning, um, when you were first starting your anecdote, I was actually going to relate that to Randall. Uh, because Randall had to understand his role much differently because Beth processes much differently and Randall is used to defaulting mm. to the superhero and the savior and Deja. when um Deja my goat said uh, just daughter be there for the her year. don't try to save her okay daughter of the year period um and Randall was ho- like very stuck on like I need to save Beth I need to save Beth I need to save Beth and she said mm. just be there and that's when Oh my life. I was like, so I was like, oh, I okay. Threw in the air. <laughs> and it was done because that's the moment where I cried and I said, I'm happy that Randall understood that there is power mm. in silence, and that's something that I've noticed in this episode and the following episode that they are playing on um, language and when we're speaking and when we're not speaking. And a lot of time we try to fill up a lot of space mm. with words, and so I just wanted to make sure we got to mm. that point for Randall. But when we're talking about Oh, if anybody else wanted to elaborate yeah, on that point, Randall, no. we can do that. It was actually really interesting because he was so self-aware in that space. Even Deja was like, Randall, he's like, well, I'm not going to do that, first and foremost, and you know this, but what, I, what I'm not going to do is I'm not going to go in and save. I'm just going to be there, but I'm going to go. Like, don't try to tell me that I'm not going to try it, number one. But also... Um, it's just like I, I, I love I love tension I love the tension between kind of what between Deja and kind of like you know her her slowly kind of mo- like molding into the fabric of the family mm. in a way in her mm. own way you know she's not the eldest daughter she's not like you know what I mean she's old she's old she's the oldest girl mm-hmm. yeah but she's not the oldest daughter she's not like the mm. she's not she's she's not taking on responsibility for anybody but she's there you know i mean i love the way that she's kind of molding into that um and she's going for her own stuff like she's literally like what first of all like i'm going through my own kind of <laughs> yeah job. that was so cute but like but, but like it was just like but and i love that randall was just present there he was like okay so what's going on there who do i need to fight like what, what's going on you know what i mean so i like i like the tension i liked that this is happening with me this is happening with me i need you to do this i need you to do this but like we meet in the middle we do this for one another in a sense um because we don't know we still don't know much of what's going on with malik like mm. we still don't and um so it's just really interesting I, and i i just enjoyed that but i do feel like with these episodes i feel like we're running out of time in each episode mm. like i just like there's not enough time to do that like okay i see that you have this thing going on but we don't have time to talk about you right now we need to focus on this person and that's what I feel is happening because by whenever, whenever like my mouse inadvertently like moves on the screen mm. it's like we're at 35 or 37 minutes 50 or something and I'm just like well there's four minutes left like yeah. what else like yeah. you know, we're coming to the end mm-hmm. so um there's that but I did I did love the way Randall interacted in that space and I and was just there and you know it's just always it's always a it's always a pleasure to kind of see the circle kind of close in a way like what that relates to their history their their context of what it means to be them. That's a fact. Um, and just to cover uh, a last part of this, if we want to start getting into the next part, um, do we want to talk about Toby and the fo- and the leak? Oh yeah. 
Wait, I'm going to talk just quickly about Randall. Okay. Because Randall brought up some things for me um, because I completely related to that superhero savior role thing. That idea of um, stepping back and giving the space. Um, I think for me, watching Randall, sometimes I relate to Randall, sometimes I relate to Kevin, if I'm being honest. Um, I think for me, the whole aspect of trying to always be better that you get from Randall um, is something I relate to. And this whole thing of silence is such an important thing. Um, learning it in... Um, I learned, I've recently completed a course in mental health first aid. And one of the first things that they teach you is how to respond to someone when they are going through things. And watching Randall understand how important silence can be in um, giving people the space to actually voice their hurt um, was a very powerful thing. I think, um, I don't know, I don't want to project onto Randall, but my reason for always trying to fix things is because that is the type of support that I received. Um, if there was an issue, we fixed it. Like, if you're emotional about it, we fixed it. And um, I think that small interaction between Deja and Randall was so important um, to his growth as an individual because I know Beth has had issues in the past in the relationship with regards to Randall and his need to fix everything, which I think is really important mm -hmm. to show on screen because um, I think up to the, the R&B series that we had everyone mm. kind of thought yeah. that randall and beth were this ideal <laughs> perfect couple yes but i think yeah. it i mean aren't they how dare you liar that hasn't changed for me I'm lie again you. i'm with you eden they're just in denial yeah, come think, on i think we they saw i think they love the each other but i think <laughs> there's, there's an aspect of love where you have to accept people's flaws and randall's flaw beth has flaws as well like she's eating lucky charms out of a dry lucky charms out of a box like <laughs> nah, there is. There's, there's a lot. They come on, wrong with come that, on, please, please. That's cute. Um, not, not even. <laughs> she was eating on a plate, though. Actually, I was a bit like, oh, a plate. <laughs> <laughs> but like, I think, I think they encapsulate the actual truth behind marriage. Like, Everybody's Randall flawed. was gonna do what he usually does, and that's not what mm -hmm. Beth needed. And she had to go and hide. If we're being realistic, she hid from Randall. Um, so yeah, that whole journey was very touching to me that small interaction was very important i just wanted to touch on that that's fine eden i feel you i had to learn that with my roommate because there are moments where you i'm just like there is a solution for you to right not now. feel this just, way anymore yeah. why aren't you doing it <laughs> and that's a very no no she's that word she's fine a, you have to um, that's a very man, very man thing to do yeah, but that's how I've always operated. Say, do that. <laughs> here's here's what we can do. Um, but over the pandemic, I actually learned to just let people feel yeah. for as long as they needed to. I said, if that's how I know how to process through my own stuff, because I know what I need at the end of the day. Um, but having to experience her emotions and how she yeah. processes, sometimes she processes alone. 
then she has that moment where she needs to talk to people and she's just like oh i just need you to hold this space if you can right now and that's how i like if there's one person i got to know better through all the irritations yeah. and frustrations yeah. and marquis you just don't need to say anything right now yeah one day i was just like you just need a hug i'm just going to hug you you just want me to sit here and listen i will sit mm-hmm. here and listen and i started that's when i learned the the value of that where i'm just like not everybody's going to do what I do. Nobody's going to do what you do. You, we all process in different ways. But I definitely learned the value of giving people time to process for as long as they need. Um, but trying to find that balance of like, I love you and I'm pushing you a little bit to start the actual work. And I think that's where the frustration yeah. was. Is just like, yeah. how long do we allow people to process before they... And it's, to me, I was like, feelings are not methodical. And I had to, like, uh, remember that. And to me, I was just like, cool, you're processing this thing. And for me, I was like, there has to be a time limit on processing. And then you want to actively start doing the work. But, again, that was me speaking pr- from a yeah. privileged perspective because there a lot of my friends, like, deal with depression and anxiety. So I'm just like, I have different ways of coping, which might be a little bit more difficult for other people. And I had to learn that because I said, Marquise, humble that ass. What are you doing? <laughs> um, mm, yeah, no. It's a lesson yeah. I think we all need to learn at some point. Um, it's, it's a lesson in humility. Um, there is a spiritual teacher called Sadhguru um, who said that if you give people um, tools at the wrong time in their life, you're actually causing them destruction more than, ha- more than actually guiding them. Um, and I had to sit with that for a bit because um, there have been times where I felt like I really want to give this book to someone or I really want to talk to someone about this thing because it reminded me of this thing they were going through. But in actuality, when someone's not ready, and I use ready not in a kind of condescending type of way, but in terms of where they are at, um, you can't jump into their journey and try to help them forward. Um, that is something that me being completely vulnerable has been something I've always struggled with in relationships personally. Um, If I see someone in pain or struggling or going through some kind of issue, my automatic reaction is, okay, well, here's what we can do. Like maybe we need to do this or maybe we need to do that. Um, And I think Alex is right. It's a very man type of thing, although I do know women who do it as well. But it is a very man type of thing um, because if we're going into it again, Bell Hooks talks about this in um, The Will to Change. Men are taught to fear emotion. We're taught to see emotion as this very um, destructive and scary thing, especially because it's, a very, it's seen as a very feminine type of thing. Men weren't allowed to be emotional for the longest time. And if they were, they were attached to all of these kind of um, feminine adjectives and descriptors um so when it comes to allowing people to feel pain i i feel like for me when i see someone cry they might just be letting off stress but for me it's high alert i'm like whoa like what is going on why are we crying like what's like is it hurting like where is it hurting like do you need ice like like what's going on and i think that's a very uh, man thing to do so i think the power of silence is something that every I don't want to say every man because not every man is exactly the same, but 
every man who struggles with that aspect of um, control, because it is control, needs to learn to let go of their ego and understand that in this moment, the focus needs to be on the other person. Because when you get to the root of the actual um, conditioning behind the need to be the savior, the need to be the savior, it comes from a place of um, ego. It comes directly from the place of ego. You think that you know better. And I'm talking to myself when I say this because I know I'm guilty of this. And I, I've, yeah, throughout the years, it's been a massive... It's what most of my partners will probably say about me. Like, oh, you just never know when to um, just let me go through things and all these different types, which is completely fair. Everyone's allowed to experience their emotions. Um, but I, there is an ego aspect to that need to fix people and i'm glad randall is slowly realizing that he needs to be given this given the space to people to actually feel their emotions um, and that's okay hmm. yeah <clears throat> i found just to just to add to it i just found the way that that episode ended with them dancing to that same song just so beautiful um it literally you know when they say like a picture tells a thousand words like everything that we've talked about that moment showed it like if no one got what ran the lesson that randall had to learn and how it really mm. benefited beth you would have got it in that moment where they just quietly mm. danced to the song and i've always loved that song anyway now i'm just gonna love it even more like but that that bit got to me because i was like oh yeah. this is a nice episode and then the last 30 seconds i was finished i was apps i was a wreck i was done i was like this is mm. beautiful and i think the reason why i found it beautiful is because i was like i would like that yeah just to be just to be transparent i was yes. like that's what i would like rather than um someone trying to just like fix things because you just end up hiding from them like beth did that what Beth did hiding, but saying that she was doing something mm. and even like kidding herself that oh I'm cleaning, no you're hiding honey. Um that's me. Um so yeah, I saw a lot of myself in that. So yeah. Yeah. Yeah, there is there is a journey in that, I think. Um I think two people will need to figure out the right balance between both of them. Um but yeah, I think I, I think that's amazing. And you will find that, just oh, to say. Thanks you will so. <laughs> um but cool so that was um randall did we want to talk on kevin and rebecca i think we can actually tie okay. it in all together you, you can lead on this yeah one. with the following episode yeah um yeah so episode 15 <laughs> y'all all right so i, I got something um i got some things i I think it was um, one of the funniest episodes, <laughs> but also like a very pointed episode because everybody was just getting dragged. And for me, it's my favorite kind of episode uh, because it's the mm. it's the Thanksgiving episode, essentially. Like you're all at the table and everything that happened in the season, mm. you now have to come to terms with. And I think that's reminiscent of the pandemic of us all having to pause life for a little bit and be like, hmm, what are these things I actually need? Um and so throughout this episode, we're witnessing um, the bachelorette party and the bachelor's party. And, you know, things are drumming up for different people in terms of romantic relationships. We get a little bit more insight Miguel. into Rebecca and what's mm. his name? Miguel. We get a little bit more insight to Madison's past. The past happened to drum up something because, you know, when you're happy in a relationship, 
old flames mm. just want to suddenly pop up. <laughs> but we also see um, different generations happen as well. We get to see um, Kevin and his first marriage. We get to see early um, Randall and Beth in this space as well. But we're also seeing um, a lot of um, Toby and Kate in this episode, too. I'd be forgetting their names sometimes. My goodness. Um, but we saw a lot of these things drum up old feelings as this um as the bachelorette and bachelor party are starting to happen so like what were your immediately immediate thoughts around this episode i guess is the starter question i'm trying to figure out toby's gonna say (laughs) sorry (laughs) yeah sorry sorry i I, I have a lot of feelings go on you go i need to gather my thoughts all right so um yeah, so yeah, on, 100%. there's this book I've been reading and um, it's called Karma. It's by Sadhguru, um, the person I spoke about before. And there's something called karmic cycles that um, we all go through in life. Like if you realize the cycles of your life, you will realize in certain months or certain times, something pops up and something always seems to happen within a certain type of month. Um, and it can get to a point where you can actually predict that something's going to happen in this period of time um i feel like what we were watching was kevin exiting hopefully this karmic cycle of his relationship with sophie um what i was watching what i felt i was watching was kevin being in a situation where he had a fight or flight situation and it's a situation he has been in before where he kind of knew everything that he wanted when he was younger and he had the marriage and he said this is what i want this is what i say this is my um what did he call it um what's the plan like he called it a mission statement yeah thank you toby um he said this is my mission statement this is what's going to happen for me in this life and stuff mission and then when statement. he's asked the same yeah. question about madison um in a different type of um way he just kind of like i don't know what i want now, for me, when I watch that, I think I understand and I um, have compassion for Madison when she kind of says, when she kind of reacts and replays it and kind of looks at the screen a bit confused. But it could, there's another way you look at it where Kevin is actually trying to stay present. Like, I think the issue with Sophie and Kevin's marriage was Kevin was always thinking ahead and was always trying to figure out how to become Jerry at some point in his life whereas in this marriage with madison what i'm seeing is kevin is giving himself the opportunity to say i don't know where we're going to be in the next few years i don't know um i'm just here right now um, which isn't what you want to hear when you're about to marry someone and all these different types of things and i take that into consideration um but the whole situation with madison for me was there were all of these kind of hooks for Kevin to attach himself to. Madison, uh, Madison's clearly going through something. And um, she said the reason she changed her number was because of this. We as like the watchers are kind of like, well, what's going on with her? Because there's something going on. Oh, sorry. Yeah, Sophie. Sorry, sorry, Sophie. Thank you. Um, we're like, what's going on? Why she changed her number and all these different types of things. And Kevin has the opportunity to actually investigate that and rehash an old situation but instead what he does is he removes himself from the cycle he deletes the number 
and he kind of moves forward. Now, I get when we saw the trailer <laughs> in the group chat, we were kind of just like, oh, Kevin, like, please don't do what we think you're going to do. Like, you're finally in this relationship and you seem happy um, and all these different types of things. But for me, it seemed like someone who was finally ready to give up the old and move on to the new. And um, that's a very important stage in anyone's growth. Um, and I, I, I don't like them as a couple, keeping it 100. I just genuinely don't feel anything from them in terms of love, in terms of like any passion, if I'm being honest. I don't really feel it for, from them. Um, and I don't actually think they will get married, if I'm being honest. I don't think they will. But I think it will be a very important moment for Kevin um, to figure out what he wants. Really? Go on. That's not me being surprised that you disagree with me. I thought you would have not wanted them to get married, by the way. Just to say. I actually disagree with you. Yes. Um, I... I... Oh, no. I... I Kevin and Madison remind me of a couple... Mm who grow into love with each other and they're going to have companionship after a certain point in time. Um, for me, I'm actually rooting mm. for them because they, they language. I said, like I said, silence and language were very intentional in the last two episodes because you notice throughout this entire episode, they're just like, you're going to get married. You're going to do this. And they were hammering away the marriage line. It was <laughs> killing me and not softly. And, Throughout this entire thing, and I guess this gets to my theory by the end of it, they're actually alluding to um, the demise of Kate and um, Toby, not necessarily those two. Because, you know, they try to run us for a loop. Like, oh, I can't wait to be married. I can't wait to do this. I can't wait to do this. They're going to get married. I think they're going to get married. I think they are going to grow into love with each other. They grew because as you watched... Madison struggled to explain like how and her and Kevin actually got together. Kate now asking, are you actually happy? Kate was asking Ooh, herself that question. Oh, um, <laughs> oh <my keys. laughs> But oh. <laughs> I am convinced that they will get together and they will stay together because Madison had to reaffirm that. I think the unsureness is fine because we're witnessing people actually make life decisions that will impact a lot into the future. Madison just finally got the sense of family she finally started building. She was so excited for Beth to be there. She was nervous around um, Rebecca. Um, and I think that is fun um, for her to start seeing like, huh, I can let my guard down a little bit. But I think as she was experiencing like her and Kevin both having premarital anxiety, uh, her and Kevin, my bad. Um, I think for me, as they were experiencing that, we were now watching Kate actually go back to that point in life where she was like, wow, when I first met, um, when I first met Toby, I was so happy and enamored with this man. But as we witnessed in episode 14, while she was seeing Madison get prepared, that's the first time she opened up to her mom about these jobs. Because if you remember by the end of the episode, she said, Toby said, oh, how's it going? Kate replied, oh, everything's fine. No big deal. And kept it pushing. 
So now her relationship dynamic with Beth, I mean, not Beth, with Rebecca is now translating into her relationship with Toby. And I think she's starting to recognize that as we witness those two particular siblings come to terms with they're not who they used to be. And now I have to grieve my old self because now I have to make space for what happens moving forward. So I'm going to think Kevin is actually going to solidify his marriage. I think Kate is aware of how Toby is feeling. And obviously when we see him decide to take the job by the end of it, that's going to be the plot twist of the season finale. Um, and I know we usually wait until the last minute to do that, but I those connected for me and which is why I disagreed with Kevin and Madison not making it because I'm actually Ke- Madison easily turned into one of my favorite characters <gasps> to be honest whoa 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 wow what well wait hold on hold on let's uh, not, Madison let's not, let's is not, one of my favorite characters wild. currently for this season when I Beth will Pearson stand by it Greece? I think she yeah, Beth, <laughs> Beth Pearson's <laughs> top tier however Madison moved into my top four um because of how we are starting to get introduced to her, I think she's complicated. Um, but I think these last few episodes, to me, gave me a newfound respect for her. Because we're starting to see, they actually gave her more depth that I'm actually appreciating. And I hope we get to see more of. So that's my quick take on this episode as we talk about acknowledging these things that we've done our entire life. But realizing, like we said last episode, we witnessed it in career, but now we're witnessing it in Dynamics of relationships changing in episode 15. Marquise, you've um, blown my mind a lot, especially like you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. 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 So, yeah, Eden, you, you had points, and I was like, oh my God. Okay. Thinking about Kevin and just because your alter- alternative perspe- um, perspective of like Kevin and his doubts seemed more positive than what I thought at first. And then Marquise came in with the whole, this is actually about Kate. And and you're so right. There was so much unsaid between Kate and Toby that that's where the issues was actually, that's where the issues were actually brewing. And in fact, Kevin and Madison, I think that episode showed their strength. Reason why I'll show it showed their strength. You know, when they were doing the question and answer part, I assumed that they were just going to get everything wrong. Um, I, I thought this, this is going to be a terrible moment yeah, and this same. is going to be the moment where they realize they shouldn't get married. But in fact, it showed me as a viewer that they know each other a lot more than we assume that they do. And maybe it's a pandemic because they had to live together in a pandemic and have children, twins. Maybe that, you know, accelerated their bond. But I think essentially they're two people who want the same thing. So... And that's what joins them together. Like they both want marriage um, and they both eventually have, you know, come together to actually want these kids. In fact, no, that's a lie. They both definitely wanted children. Um, And that's, I think, what um, binds them together. Yes, there's probably like premarital doubt, but I guess that happens in most couples who get married and even Miguel opened up to <laughs> for the first time really on his his betrayal to Jack I was, I was trying, trying to find a way to put it well on what, on what he actually did but my mind is completely and utterly blown because that's not why I actually perceived when I watched the episode but hearing you guys talk I'm like oh that's what I was looking at that's what I was looking at. So thank you guys. That's all I've got to say. Yeah. Alexander. Alex. He's got his thinking face on. 
the one thing that I kind of okay, all of you guys made like you know everything you said one hundred. Um, I agree with each of you in like very different points. Eden, I agree that I don't believe Kevin Kevison. I don't believe Kevin and Madison's thing. I don't believe what they have. I don't really understand where they're going to. I I, I have no hope for the wedding. Um, whatever happens, I'm assuming, I'm assuming we'll have to be okay. Because um, I can't get out of my mind the fact that we don't see Madison in the um, in 2030. But I just find that very interesting. I too, Toby, was very concerned when the question and answer thing came up. I thought they were, I thought they were going to get it all wrong, um, but they but they didn't. But what I think was really kind of stood out to me was when um, oh yeah, what Marky said about you know Toby and Kate. I kind of saw that, but with when Kate kind of was looking distantly when they were doing the question and answers and she was like hmm but I think that I feel like that was more Kate actually having a flashback to when they were in the cabin and him reading his mission statement to Sophie and she's seen Kevin in love and that wasn't the Kevin that she knew to be and she, because again, and this is why I always look at these things and I'm thinking, well, there's added context to all of this stuff. Kevin, like, loved, or still loves to an extent, Sophie. And I think that all of the conversations that we had with Kevin right now about his particular status and kind of what that looks like, having the kids, even Randall said it when he said, oh, you said by 40 you wanted to be married and have kids. He said, you've done it backwards, so have kids and then marriage, but you've done it, sort of thing. Um, and even Kevin didn't even look like that made sense to him because he's like, you know, and when they start, and when Madison was explaining how they, what ghosting was and how they kind of like got together again, it, it did like Rebecca had added context about what was, what happened. She's like, huh? That just, that doesn't sound kind of like, like Kevin, like Kate, that doesn't sound like. Kevin, Beth drinking a Prosecco and being like, oh boy, that's not my life, sort of thing. Um, and that's one side of stuff. I'm sorry, that, that was, was so funny <laughs> But one thing that kind of stood out to me was when they were sitting around the campfire, and this is why I'm really impassioned about, like, community and making sure that there is conversation that is had. And I think what Miguel, Toby and Randall presented to and Nicky, and Uncle Nicky, hilarious man, this whole episode. <laughs> what, what Nicky... Randall, Toby and Miguel presented to Kevin with Mm. with different parts of him and different kind of elements of kind of like where he's kind of where he's kind of been. Toby presented the worries like Randall presented the security. Miguel presented his present situation. He had no idea he would ever be with Madison. If If he decides to go down that path with Madison they are writing their story as they go. They, they, There was no kind of like Beth and Randall. Mm. We've known each other since we were 18, 19. We are, we are still together at 40. You know what I mean? Like there's no, none of that. Um, the regrets that Nikki has, he's kind of still got that whole Sophie thing. So I feel like, I feel like it's still up in the air. We have no idea what is going to happen. And I think that there is a, all, there, I think that it was a very clever episode in that, 
it, it really kind of showed me the way that I felt about like Kevin and Sophie. I felt like I, I, a part of me wants him to be with Sophie, <laughs> but also wants me wants him well, it makes to sense raise in terms those of kids. Polyamory, but yeah, with Madison, does it make any sense? Because there doesn't mm-hmm. have, not necessarily, not that's not polyamory. I want him to be with Sophie, but raise the kids in Madison. That doesn't have to be polyamory. But this is why I was looking at it and I was thinking to myself because I, I look at it and I think, do you even love Madison? What do you mean? And he can't because he and and the fact that he couldn't oh, answer the you. questions. Then, he couldn't question? answer the questions with. Mm. Yeah, even gumption just with kind of like. Yeah, energy behind it. Like he couldn't do it. It had to be this kind of measured thought. Like even the whole, even the whole. Yeah, you know, mm. I don't see us aging. I don't see myself ever aging. I felt like that was a cop out, and that's why. And that's what I think Kate saw. She was like, "I've seen you do a whole monologue in front of us about your mission statement and all this stuff." And I've seen you do all of that, and this is just not it. But again, it's the it's the it's the, you know it's the on letting go of you know who we once were and older things and all this different stuff. So I just kind of look at it and I think to myself, I don't know what to expect, but I think it was a beautiful episode, and I loved Miguel's kind of take on it. I think we needed Miguel's take on it. Um, that was super. That was a super important kind of element to. The whole conversation. Mm. Not that the devil needs any more advocates, but <laughs> <laughs> Kevin did make that mission statement at twenty. I would kind of be worried if he had the same mindset that he did in a marriage that failed, and a marriage, and and he had the relationship with his ex-wife. And I think sometimes people have this like very passionate love story and that relationship doesn't work out. And then you try and repeat that. So it's just like, why do we want Kevin to have the same thing that he had with Sophie? So he's older now. I don't don't look at it as the him trying to Not just you, not just you. I just mean just like... No, 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 no. no. I don't look at him as him trying to repeat that. Mm. But I look at it as this this is what you are like in love. But that's exactly this, what I mean. That's exactly is, what I mean, is, though. This is what I mean. So I know that if I'd seen that growing up as one of my siblings or my cousins or friends or whatever, and I've seen what you are like, I've said this to my cousins as well before, I said, if I know what you are like, I know you. Like, literally grew up together, come up together, all this mm-hmm. stuff. I, I've seen you in situations, and obviously, yes, everybody has personal growth, everybody's changing, but I've seen you in certain situations. And then if I see you, and you are reacting, and 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 it's and it's and it's off, and it's different. I'm gonna look at it and be like, "What is going on?" Because that's not the person I know. I hear that, but so that's why I'm just like. I do hear that, but again, doing some advocate work for someone who doesn't really need it. Why? I just I'm just like okay, if somebody has behaves has behaved in a certain way, and that's what they're like, why must they be like that exactly? later on in life especially when it's like 20 uh, years on that, that's not what i'm saying that's just me 
being that's just me looking at it and having a question mark no but i'm saying can't they over, change over, over intention they, of course yeah they can. so like what if like but, kevin doesn't he doesn't need that he doesn't need that crazy or he doesn't want that crazy passionate kind of thing that he had at 20 can i just interject because i think i i think the the i actually think the mission statement came from a slightly narcissistic place i don't actually think the mission statement he was writing had anything to do with the love he had for sophie it was all to do with the aspirations and love he had for this life he wanted to create um as whatever his name is i can't remember what the actor's name is that uh, tom, tom cruise, cruise. jeremy um, which is probably why um it looks different when he's with madison like because i completely understand what you both are saying um i know if i was in a relationship and um alex saw me acting in a way that didn't really make sense he would be like what's going on like you seem different something's going on um whereas i completely agree with what toby's saying as well because if i think about me um how i loved at a young age when i was in like a long-term relationship like i think i would love completely different we've just spoken about it in terms of how randall loves like he had to let go of this idea of control in order to um fully love this person in the way that he um needed to in the way that she wants actually um so when i saw kevin give this kind of mundane reply at first i was kind of just like he's being present as i said earlier but also i do completely understand um and it was a part of me was kind of like you don't really i get the sense you don't really want to imagine a future it's not so much you can't is that the idea of a future doesn't match this passionate 20 year old reality you created for yourself that you st for the movie you still love um so i i think you're both right but i i think the actual monologue that he wrote for sophie was to himself i don't think it actually i think if anyone was sitting there at 20 years old when kevin was at a point where he wanted to go abroad and kind of what la and to um become this massive actor and all these different types of things he would have said that to anyone um but can i just mention something off key and kind of funny for a second because i want to just mention it before we go off i found it hilarious how everyone sat around the fire with issues so we heard toby speak and he was all down and everything we heard nikki we heard kevin we heard miguel and then randall went to go get a beer because he doesn't have any issues <laughs> he's just like i have nothing to talk about at this fire right now let me just go get a beer and come back <laughs> and he started it yeah. that's because randall was still, i heard trying to be mediator for everybody How, however therapy, um so. <laughs> right i think i alex i get you i i get that a lot um because i <laughs> you know i'm trying to do this whole dating thing okay. yeah, yeah. Here, yeah um yeah, yeah you know we out here um <laughs> it's giving so ghetto um but it alex had me thinking about like when it does come to kevin when you experience love, I don't think that, I, and I think, I don't think Alex was, it, tell me if I'm wrong, sorry. Um, but what I was receiving from it is like, no, I think we want to see 
Kevin actually be at his happiest and actually see like what does Kevin in love look like? And I don't think you being in love actually necessarily changes and how you express that love for you personally. I think Randall in his fullest loving self, he knew where to meet Beth in terms of what she needed, but I think Randall still loves the exact same way he loved Beth when he first met her. I think Kevin should be able to still love in the first in the way that he knew how to love and what love looks like to him. But I think seeing him with Madison feels like it's forced and it's going to take more work. Whereas Sophie, that's there's a difference between an inherent, like, I know I love this person. And those are things that I've just been thinking about more. I'm just like, this person who I'm madly in love with and are they the right person for me right now? Or will they be right for me in years? Or do I go to the space where I work? Uh, and that's why I said I think Madison and Kevin are what we're going to see have to work to fall in love with each other or work to love each other because they it wasn't natural. It wasn't organic. It wasn't this thing. And so I I hope I understood what you were saying because that's what I at least received from what you were saying, Alex. And I it made me think of like, but that's why I had asked like, can you grow in love with somebody? And is that also this okay? This is what I was kind of like, leading to, is that you don't ever, I don't feel like you, you're, the way you love doesn't necessarily change, you know? Like, his mm-hmm. fire, his passion for things hasn't changed. It won't change. It was there all at the, all at the breakfast table or dinner table when it was him and Toby and Kate and Madison. It was there, you know what I mean? The energy, the excitement of starting a family, all of this stuff, everything is there. It just wasn't there when he was talking about A, a future of Madison, and B, like, generally, his love for her. It's not there. So I don't see it. Um, so I'm looking forward to next week and figuring out what this finale um, has to say. Because I know that, I don't know this, but I feel that if he was, if that was Sophie it would have been a completely different energy. A completely different, a completely, a completely different energy. And he didn't have that, he didn't have that with Zoe. He didn't have that with that, 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 that one from the, 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 war. the other one. Yeah. He didn't have that. And, um, um, it just so happened that it, that he just so happened that he got Madison pregnant. Yeah, Uncle Nicky didn't lie. Um, if I'm keeping it 100, he didn't lie. And that's why... Uncle Nicky st- said everything that needed yeah. to be said. Yeah, he said what everyone was thinking. And I, de- and, I, and, I, and although it wasn't about Kevin, it yeah. was about Kevin. But I was like, yeah. someone had to say it. Mm. Yeah. And I to go back to your point, Alex, about um, when they were at the table and Kevin was all passionate about the children, I have to point out again that Kevin, for me looking at it, the passion came from the fact that Kevin was talking about how he could help people, how he could provide, how he could help provide for Toby if he needed to. I, pardon me? Prior to the conversation though, it was, the, the energy was there before okay. that part of the conversation. That just helped. That okay. just, that, that's what, that's for me, I, um, I actually don't think it's about the woman in Kevin's life. I, th- I personally think whoever would have taken place it, as his fiance or the person he was getting married to, he would find a way to not be excited about it. Um, 
because I do think there is this inherent need to um, self-sabotage. It's something that he does quite a lot. We talk about him being on a crutch. Um, and whenever something big happens in his life, he always manages to mess it up somehow. He got Sophie back. He got her back. Mm-hmm. Like we, we have to take that into consideration. They mm-hmm. did get mm-hmm. into a relationship and it didn't work because Kevin couldn't make it work. He didn't want it to work. He thought it was too good to be true. So I actually think the issues stem deeper into that. I think Kevin is in love with the idea of himself at the optimal level, which is, um, let's say, is it Jerry? I want to say Jerry. Whoever he's trying. He's Jack. Yeah. I was even going to say Jack, but yeah, yeah Jerry. So he wants to be Jack Pearson, like, but he wants to be Jack Pearson. that guy. And we all go through that stage individually where we want to be the optimal versions of ourselves. But Kevin, I think, is starting to realize that he... I, I feel like he, he's realizing that it's not about the woman. I think that's something. Because he's seen three different women um, appear in the space of two episodes. And each time they've said something that have knocked him for six. And... <laughs> he's a... Mm. Yep. Self-sabotage. It's all self-sabotage. All of it. Mm. And, um... Yeah, man. That's kind of my thoughts on the situation. Um, did anyone else have anything else to add? Um, my thoughts as well. I do think that Kevin... The reason why I do think that Kevin and Madison will get married and will do everything that they can to make it work and grow in love, even though I don't think they're, like, in love at the moment, um... I think that as viewers and even the writers, they haven't made us that invested in Kevin and Madison's love for them to now take it away. So I think that, that they're going to get married. It, it just even just script wise, it doesn't make sense for them to not have them married. Like, do we really would if they don't make it down the aisle, would any of us cry about it? We'll be like, OK, then. But what I, would we actually cry about or what would we actually be shocked about? It will be Toby and Kate. So I do think that Madison and Kevin will make it just from a writing perspective. Yeah. Yeah. I think um I think a lot of us are kind of we've seen this before. Like we've seen um Sophie come back into Kevin's life. Also there's an aspect of people pleasing which he needs to let go of at some point and realize. Zoe um, cuz we know we saw that thing about how um what is her name? Um Beth's cousin um, Zoe. Zoe Zoe was talking yeah. about how Kevin for example if he wants to do something and someone comes to him and says actually I want to do this Kevin will be like okay cool let's do it mm-hmm. so how far does that go like in terms of the marriage I, like I said Uncle Nicky didn't lie Uncle Nicky did not tell a lie at all the only reason mm. I don't say the only reason because I, I I don't know if it's the only reason but from what I've seen um Kevin's trying to do the right thing. And sometimes, as dreadful as it sounds, the right thing isn't the best thing. Um, you actually can just create more suffering that way. Um, so I do hope they are genuinely in love. Um, but I see the passion. Um, I don't see it at all. There's and none. Um, it's very mm-hmm. clear to me that Kevin needs to do a lot more work. Um, but then I got, I got to ask myself, when does the work end? He's 40 years old. Ooh. And that's 
which is which is why I actually thoroughly enjoyed. Um, I like Uncle Nicky's approach to <laughs> how he be talking to Kevin because he's the only one who doesn't coddle him like at all. And I think it's a beautiful thing um, because Kevin's reaction to like, why did you say that? Actually, to me, I was like, all right, I finally have like respect for Kevin in a very particular kind of way. And I feel like I've, I saw Kevin in that moment because now Kevin has to question himself. He, he's uncomfortable. Hurt dogs holler. Hit dogs holler. So at the end of the day, um, that's, that's what he was doing. And so for me, I was just like, Uncle Nicky actually opened up where I think he needed to have that confrontation with himself. You always model yourself after Jack or Jerry or Randall. Yeah. Who, Kevin. What is Kevin? Like, who is Kevin? And I think that's in that moment where I was just like, because yeah. what it made me think of, like, when you were told about yourself, <laughs> any of us on here, you have a knee-jerk reaction to be like, that's not it. Yeah, uh, But hold on. Mm. And so I think that, to me, was Uncle Nicky actually ripping off the Band-Aid. I think Zoe did it to start. I think Uncle Nicky said, rip that off and so let's actually get into this conversation because now i feel like you know it's that cliche um you can't hear what you don't reveal and so kevin actually has to say these things he has to name these things and he has to keep it pushing so that's the last part of what i appreciated from um this kevin arc Mm. specifically um and how this kind of was working. That's my last point, really, on Kevin. Like, I'm glad. I think this is when his actual Sorry, work begins. what did you just say? What? What did you just say just before that? How what is working? How Kevin's arc? Oh, okay. I heard something. I was just like, whoa. I heard something completely different. I, <laughs> what? Remember. I thought, this is what I thought I heard. How... I thought he said how condoms should be working. I was just like... <laughs> Wait, what? I was like, Marquise. <laughs> Marquise, really? I mean, you know, <laughs> <Sorry>. he... <laughs> that too, because, you know, he was just out here hooking up with anybody. Oh and now look at him. Caught up with twins. <laughs> okay? Which, I mean, that way, fits. I just want to point out is a form of self-harm. Like, there is a self-destructive... The whole um, hookup just with anyone type of thing is a form of self-harm. And I genuinely what? think that Kevin and his self-destructive tendencies won't mm. see him through this relationship. Um, really? And which is why he turns up to his own house alone with the two children running around. Like, we don't see Madison. We don't see um, any of his previous love interests. But that could just be this is us trying to keep the story alive. I bet it's Jax. I... He wears a he wears a wedding ring, in that in the future. <laughs> if he's wearing Jack's wedding ring, I'll just be like, for God's sake, this man's not grown. Or what um, if Rebecca Nikki's thinks? What ring. if Rebecca thinks that Kevin is Jack? Because you know Nikki's wearing a wedding ring. Oh, Nikki's wearing a wedding ring as well. Oh yeah, what if Rebecca thinks that Nikki's Jack? But anyway, um, yeah. Nah, I think Nikki gets his old love back. I think he. Like we were talking earlier, I think he actually gets to get his original love back and meets the doctor. 
But I, again, I think. Oh, yeah, because he searches her up. Oh, yeah. Sure did. But oh. Uncle Nicky's really adorable. I was just like. He's like, Aw. he comes across as like really hard, but he's got such a soft interior. It's so cute. It reminds me of Alex. Yeah. <laughs> the way Alex is. 15 was good. <laughs> I enjoyed it. I'm super hungry, guys. Oh, period. <laughs> Alright, cool. So we'll close out. Um but yeah guys, thank you very much for listening to the episode. We know that it was kind of a mixture of two episodes, but we hope you were able to kind of get our takes on everything that had happened. Um please feel free to join the conversation. We are This Is We and you can find us at This Is We Podcast on Instagram and Twitter. Um and individually you can find us all on our individual platforms. Like I said, my name is Eden. I belong to the podcast and the stands. And we also have with us Alex Holmes from Time to Talk podcast. Doom, 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 doom. Toby Rachel from the Yellow Cup podcast. No idea why I did that. Sorry. Just, I, I'm random. <laughs> do, 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 do. <laughs> and this is Marquise Davon <laughs> from the Dear Reading podcast and the Rational Anger podcast. Thank you for joining us this week. Cool. Yeah, thank you very much. Please remember to like and um, review the episode if you can on any platform that you're listening to this on. Follow us on all of the social media platforms and subscribe to anything you can. We need your support and we appreciate it. But yeah, guys, that's it.